go to John chapter 17 this morning, I want to reiterate what Karen said a few moments ago, and that is that Bishop Lance Johnson will be with us tonight at week number 275, 275. And whenever he shows up, there's just no telling what God's going to do. And uh, we usually have some of the most wonderful, outrageous, in a beautiful way, services on holidays just like today. On a Mother's Day, when society and culture says, hey, this is the day just to sit, sit, uh, sit by the pool. Um, but when you bring your family to days like this, Father's Day, July 4th, um, Easter, and even Mother's Day, there's something uniquely special about that service. On all days, wouldn't it be precious for God to touch a family on Mother's Day? Mm-hmm. John chapter 17 today, I, I feel very strongly in my spirit um, on what I am supposed to talk about. I want to share with you on how to pray for your children. Some of us are not parents. You can use these principles about how to pray for your husband, how to pray for your wife, how to pray for your uh, brothers or your sisters, your aunts and uncles. And so I want you to prepare your heart for this instruction, how to pray for the significant others in your life, how to pray for your children. This morning when I woke up, I, I heard the Lord say to me, John 17. He said, Todd, I want you to go to your office this morning and I want you to read John 17. I had already had the direction and have the direction of the message, but he said, I want you to learn John 17 for in John 17, Jesus prayed for his disciples. And he says, I want you to put your eyes on John 17 and learn how Jesus prayed for those that were closest to him. In this particular text in John 17, nearly 40 times or perhaps right over 40 times, Jesus references his disciples in prayer in this conversation. So I wanna talk about that for a moment. Look at John 17, one. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come, glorify your son, that your son may also glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life that they may know you. That you're the only, everybody underline the word only. You're the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I've finished the work which you've given me to do. And now, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself and with the glory of which I had with you before the world was. Couple of things I just wanna highlight before I give you the specifics on how to pray for your children. Jesus is the ultimate parent here. He took 12 men and had to parent them for three and a half years. They had sibling rivalry. They argued about who's gonna be the greatest, who's gonna sit next to him. They bickered, they fought, they whined, they complained. Jesus had to put them in timeout He says, some of you are operating with a bad spirit. You want to murder everybody. 
So I'm going to nickname you Sons and Thunder. He even called one of them a devil, Peter. He said, get behind me, devil. So Jesus had some conflict with his inner circle. But when it came down to the last few days of Jesus's life and he's praying here, he prayed and he mentioned them 40 times. I want you to make close attention to verse three. I find this important, or verse two, then we'll read verse three, that you should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Jump down, if you will, verse six, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me. Verse seven, now they have known that all things which you have given me are for you. And for I have given to them. I want you just to know that the people in your world, your children, your relationships with your, with your spouse and your friends, I want you to look at them as if God's given them to you. Your children were a product of a moment of intimacy. But yet your child and your children are gifts from God. And you have a responsibility as a parent to understand that those children are given to you. They're ultimately his, but on this earth, they're given to you to steward and to raise. And as a parent, look at verse 3. One of your primary responsibilities is to create a culture in your home that your children may know him. It is not the church's responsibility alone to help your child know God. Are you with me? Verse six says, I have manifested your name to the men you have given. Another responsibility of the parent is not only to know that they know God, but to manifest the name of Jesus to your children. That word manifest is to display and to portray and to have an observance of the kingdom and the nowness of God. Our local home should be extensions of the local church. The primary purpose of the local church is for the kingdom of God to manifest. Life, health, happiness, joy. I feel though that the local home should be a demonstration of the manifest presence of God in our living rooms and in our bedrooms. Come on, let's give God glory. That's... So he's talking about some of the things that he did to these disciples. Now watch in verse eight. He says, not only should they know you in verse three and that I should become manifest to them, but verse eight says, for I have given them, what? The words which you have given me. So as a parent... They may know you. My home should have the manifest presence of God. And as a parent, I'm going to give the words 
to them that you have given to me. Verse 11, verse 21, I could go further, but I'm not. Verse 11 says, Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. Keep them through whose name whom you have given to me. Then he says, that they may be one as we are. It's important that homes have unity. Verse 21, that they all may be one. So here's how Jesus is praying that there's going to have this, they're going to have this unity. You're going to model unity in your home. I, I, I know there's arguments in the home. I know there's disagreements in the home. I know that there are moments where you just want to have space from one another. Things are hot and heated. But I'm telling you, a young person needs to grow up in a culture of where the head, the mom and the father are at unity. If there's anger in the home, children become angry. If there is vengefulness, manipulation, children see that as a normalcy and they will become manipulative. If they hear vulgarity in the homes, they will become vulgar, even though you may punish them for saying certain words, but if they hear you as their head, spiritual leader, of which you are one, whether or not you see yourself as being spiritual. And whatever they hear in the home, they deem that as normalcy. So when they're not with you, they will use the same words that you use. And you think they're good children with clean mouths. I promise you, follow them at school. Pick up their phone and read their text. If there is cheating, infidelity, they will grow up to be cheaters and filled with infidelity. If there's unfaithfulness in the marriage you produce after that kind, children do what they see. If there's violence in the home, your child will become violent. If a wife slaps a husband and a husband slaps a wife, to them, we teach them This is how you handle conflict. So Jesus is outlining here in this text. He says, Lord, you've given me 12 children, these 12 men. I want them to know you. Mm -hmm. You've given them to me. I want to manifest my presence in their life, your kingdom. Are you with me? And Unity. I'm going to give them the word. Verse 18. Just, I'm just going through the text. 
He says, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Parents, you must understand that your child is a gift to you. It is important to hear from God how he needs you to prepare them for their assignment. I'm going to say it again. Your child is a gift to you from God. I would encourage you to ask God, God, help me prepare them for the assignment that you have for their life. Because we will push when they're tying it. Oh, you're going to be an astronaut. Oh, you're going to be a fireman or you're going to be a policeman. You're going to be a teacher. You're going to be a lawyer. You're going to be a doctor. And all those things are wonderful and incredible vocations. But you may be pushing something onto them and into them that perhaps they are not going to receive that assignment from God. As a parent, I feel that the Lord would speak to me regarding the precious children that he's given me. That if I will ask him and seek his face, Lord, this child, my firstborn, is fearfully and wonderfully made. You've given me the responsibility to keep him out of the ditches. Would you, oh God, give me as much information that I need in order to steer him or her in the direction or in the path? Because if you're trying to steer them over here to be a professional baseball player or a professional football player or a professional whatever, you know what I'm saying, an astronaut, and God is saying, I have a different assignment for them. I think the Lord will help you if you ask him. That's right. That's good. Now, that doesn't mean they don't play sports. That doesn't mean that they don't have any other interest. You hear what I'm saying? That's not the deal. But, but some of us are putting all of our eggs into one basket. Well, he's going to be a Fortune 500 company leader. He's going to be the entrepreneur of all entrepreneurs. He's going to employ thousands upon thousands. And you know what? He may not even, listen, you don't know it, but that's what you're pouring into him. But all he wants to do is to play with cars. And look up under an engine. And he's around the barn or the garage and he's fixing things constantly. He has no interest to lead thousands, but he has an interest. And God, and God can speak to you as a parent to whatever direction that particular thing is. And it, and it can be, you can have all types of interests. Don't hear what I'm saying. But there is something that the Lord says, I'm going to need you to prepare him or her for this. Do you hear what I'm saying? Does that make sense to any parent in the house? So, I, I feel, I feel by the, I feel by the Spirit that that that, um, that the Lord will speak to us clearly and plainly in bits and pieces about our children's lives. I'll never forget. I've shared this story before. I'm in Louisiana. My boys are five and they're two. I think that was the age of four and two, um, right around that age. And I was away from home, and I just began to to pray. I'm, I'm in the hotel room. And I, and I asked the Lord, I said, God, would you show me the differences of my boys? Because every child needs to be parented differently. The foundation's the same. The convictions are the same, right? Okay. You can't allow one child to get away with something and then the other child not get away from it. I, I know that's so basic. I, and I don't mean to insult your parental skills. But 
every child's personality is different. They have different skill sets. They have different desires. They have, you know, one may be outgoing, one may be introverted. So how you parent an introvert is different than you have a parent an extrovert. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a, a child may not care about anything like video games. This one over here, all they want to do is play video games. And so how, how you discipline and how you parent this child and how you parent and discipline this child is completely different, even though the foundation is the same. The... Okay. All right. So I said, Lord, would you show me? And for about three minutes, it was all. And that's all I needed. I don't want to know every detail. And he spoke to me about both of them. And he said, here is this, then here is that. So during the dark and difficult times of parenting, come on, anybody know what I'm talking about when you think, dear Lord, where did I go wrong? How have I failed? They're not acting like me. They're acting like the other side of the family. How can I fix this? I'm teasing. And you're, and you're sitting there and you're thinking, you know, what, what, what do I do? I anchored to that. I anchored to this. He said, Todd, this is what will happen here. And this is what's going to happen there. Now, I haven't heard from him regarding that since that point. Because that's all I needed to know. So I had enough information on when they would get wonky that I had a promise or when they went like, yeah, just weird. I said, Lord, no, you said, you said, I got this. I, I, I see, I saw that in Lu of all places, Louisiana, of all places, Louisiana. And I, and I came home and I told Karen. So parents, let me encourage you, grandparents, if you are a single parent, whatever the case is, if you have foster children in your home, thank God for all the foster parents. If you've adopted, if you've adopted a child, thank the Lord for you. Ask the Lord, because you are, you, you, you are his partner in this. He just didn't throw them on the earth and say, y'all go try to figure it out yourself. He, he, he pulled you into the, to the equation and said, here, all right, now, I want you to help me tell them who I am. In your home, have the manifest presence of God. May it be a sanctuary from the world to a degree where there's unity and peace. Now, that doesn't mean that there will not be heated arguments, but they need to know how to exchange ideas and perspectives without it getting violent or dehumanizing or belittling and cutting. They need to know how to have conflict management in the home. Because I'm telling you, what they're watching on television and what they see played out in real life with the protests and the violence and the anger and the vitriol, guys, People are shooting folks on the side of the road for cutting one another off. They're sitting next to people on subways and buses, and because they won't move over half an inch, they become violent. People are explosive right now. How many of you know what I'm talking about? They are, the fuses are so short right now. It's just like you don't want to make contact with anybody. 
You don't even want to look at them in the eye because you're thinking, oh, dear Lord, they're going to remind them of something and then they're just going to go, you know, bonkers. But in the home is a perfect place. It is a demonstration of how we handle conflict. Talk to me. Okay. I'm going to have to finish this on Wednesday night, I can tell, so don't miss it. Verse 26 He said, Jesus says, I I declare to them your name and will declare it. And then he says, well, I'll stop on that one. He says, I'm declaring the name. I'm declaring the name. I've declared your name. Sickness comes into the house. We're going to declare the name. Amen. Mm. When someone doesn't treat them the right way, have a good father to son or mother to son and mother to daughter, son, father to daughter talk. This is how we're going to handle it, but we're going to declare the name over it. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not saying that that's all you say. There's principles and things that you got to deal with. You got to talk to folks, um, your children, not always quoting scripture and, and singing a song and locking them in the room and playing Bethel. You know, that that's not what I'm talking about. I'm, you know, but after the vent, after the frustration, after the acknowledgement of the problem, the issue, the struggle, um, we're going to anchor into the word. We're going to say, okay, guys, I feel all these emotions. I feel all of this anxiety in the house, and, and it's okay to feel that. But here's what we're going to do. The word says. The word says. And you may not know what the word says in that moment. You say, I'm going to come back in a couple hours, or we're going to revisit this in the morning, and I'm going to have a word from God. And we're going to base our expression and response to this issue on the word. A diagnosis, we're going to weep, we're going to cry, we're going to have a difficult time, we don't want it, we know this is not good, this could be detrimental, and we're all weepy, and we acknowledge that, And yet we're going to go back and we're going to say, here's what we're going to stand on. We're going to stand on the word. The name of Jesus is on this, above this. I know your spouse just left you, walked out on you, and you're left with these two babies. She comes to you as a parent. Now you're in the golden years of your life. She's 40-something years of age and says, my husband's left me after 20 years of marriage. Where do I go and what do I do? Well, instead of picking up your revolver and running out the door to take matters into your own hands, as a father, you hold her, you caress her, you look her in the eye, and you anchor up. A lot of emotions going on on the inside of you. There's anger, there's hate. There's, there's this vengeance, how dare he, this is my most precious possession, she's hurt, she's crying, financially instable, unstable now, all of that. And, and, and then you let her know and you assure her that she can anchor here. Amen. And honey, I don't know how we're going to get through it, but we will. Yes, yes. Let me capture my emotions and get alone with the Father. And he will give us a plan 
may not know what's happening uh, 12 months from now, but I will know how to handle today and tomorrow. And sweetie, the name, the name. He will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll never abandon us. He will supply every need that we have. I will step in if need be and be the father to the fatherless, he says. Listen to this. As a grandparent, I'll take them to their ball practice. I will be with them at their graduation. I will stand next to her at prom time. I'll walk her down the aisle if necessary. But you assure that little precious girl who's now 40 in your life, the name. Yes. We will not be moved. We may cry and weep and have fits of rage, but we're going to center right back up on the name. Do you hear what I'm saying today? The name. God said, Jesus, I've given your name. I've declared your name. It doesn't mean it's handled in a day. It doesn't mean it's handled in a week. It doesn't mean that it's handled even in a year or even in a lifetime because things may never get better. But that mama, your daughter, and those grandchildren have seen unity, Stability, trustworthiness, faithfulness, integrity, character. Come on now, I could go on and on and on and on and on and on. And And at some point in their life, they're going to remember how to handle conflict. Let's give him glory right there. Come on, let's do it. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be the holy name of the Lord. Just in this same text, write these down. These are things that Jesus prayed. I just gave you some things that he was responsible for and modeled. I'm going to give these to you quickly, then I'm going to pray for you. Some of you got roasts and turkeys and stuff in the oven. Here's how Jesus prayed. Verse 3 again, that they may know you. Verse 11 again. I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep them. Underline that word. Parents, can I help you right here? This may be the most important words that you pray over your child. Jesus is leaving them in his flesh and bone body. And his request is this, Lord, would you keep these men? That word literally means, God, would you observe them closely and keep an eye on them and protect them? Parents, can I ask you a question? 
and this is a rhetorical question, so don't answer it. What is the amount of energy that you use in praying to the Father regarding the gifts that he's given you? Those children that are very vulnerable, impressionable, easily influenced, they can be damaged. How many of you know? One look at pornography as a child can be damaged forever. One spend the night party over someone that you trust and you don't know the father. One encounter at two o'clock in the, in the early morning hours. Do you, I'm just, just one thing, just one thing. One night, mom, can I go to the party? So-and-so parents are going to be there. And all of a sudden, they smoke their first, are they experienced with, or they take their first drink. Those things happen. But yet, if they do happen, which in most cases, it does. What happens next? is important. May there be such a culture in our home that even the taste of alcohol, the smoking of the weed, or the infidelity, that there is such conflict when that young person walks into the home. Not conflict of arguing and fighting and this, that, and the other, but I'm talking about because the home is a habitation of his presence, that when they walk into that house, the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the awe of God falls upon them and they go, I can't live this way. Amen, that's so good. I can't do this. Something's just a rub. There's just something doesn't feel right. Now, outside of here, when I'm high, I'm happy. When I'm outside of here and having all these parties, and th- I, I, I feel really good. But the moment I climb those steps to get into my house and walk through that threshold, I am walking into the presence of something that will not allow me to continue to live the way I am. I'm not creating for you a a perfect world because there's no such thing as a perfect home and a perfect environment and a perfect space. And all of us are going to make mistakes in our homes. But I'm talking about in general. I'm talking about consistency. And not every time they come in, they, they deserve a sermon. Or I told you so. Or the Bible pointed in underneath their nose. Sometimes the most effective thing that you can do is just look them in the eye and say nothing. Silence kills. They're wanting a fight. They're wanting to display why they're doing what they're doing. And there are times to be vocal, but sometimes it's an eye-to-eye conversation without words. Parents, wait on the wait. 
Let me explain. I want your home to be filled with the glory of God. It's not a perfect home. Weight in the Old Testament, or the word for glory is kabod, which means weight. The weight of God. Wait, be silent. Wait on the weight of God. While they're out partying, sleeping around in rebellion, poor grades, angry, cursing, their bedroom filled with all kinds of things that are not godly, quote, unquote. While they slip out, open the door. So that the glory of the Lord can seep into their bedroom. Don't, no, I'm not going to say that. That bedroom is more yours than theirs. Amen. And any child tells you that you can't go in there then that's a conversation for, I mean, that's a, that's a sermon for another day. I respect privacy. But when it comes to your soul and what you're bringing into my house, it affects us all. So while they're gone, as a parent, you're trying to make your house a habitation for God. Just open the door. And let the glory of the Lord just fill and penetrate every place. Walk into the bedroom when they're not there. You pay the mortgage. It's your house. That's your mattress. That's your furniture. And you walk in. They're not there. And I'm not saying anoint things with oil because then they're going to be on to you. Okay, they're going to say, Mom, why, what's this slimy stuff on the top of my bedpost right here? You know, you got, you put it up underneath if you're going to do it. Don't do the doorpost, okay? All right, don't be putting crosses on the doorpost. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're not doing an exorcism. Just be real, real, real stuff. And walk into their room and, and just, and just, um, Wait. Just wait. For the Father loves them so much more than you do. So wait on the wait. Wait on him. Let him speak to you. And for the next 60 seconds to three minutes, that's all, 180 seconds, just stand in the room and declare the name. Lord, you gave me her. And when she was four, I knew that her hand, your hand was upon her. She used to raise those hands in worship. She never missed kids' church. She always led, even taught Bible studies. A significant leader. But Lord, now she's just in a space, a hard place. This is a chapter. That's all it is. It's a season. It's a moment. 
it will pass if you handle it correctly. And just walk into the room, Thomas, and just wait. And for three minutes, pray all you know in English, but I prefer that you pray in tongues. Because when you pray in English, then you start thinking of all the things that are wrong. Then you get angry. Have you ever started praying for somebody and get angry? And you completely forget praying? You're thinking... Then you get your pen out and you got a list of things you got, you're reminded of. Clean your room, dust this, vacuum, these Cheetos. How long have these Cheetos been in here? Oh, there's my pants. There's my socks. Y'all know you get, that's what happens. So you wait on the wait and you just pray in tongues. Because when you pray in tongues, you pray the perfect will of the Father. That's why every parent needs to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. All right. I'll pick up Wednesday night. Okay. I want to pray for you right now. Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you, Lord, for the goodness. That Lord, you will not let us parent alone. You are our helper, Holy Spirit. You're called the teacher. Lord, we need to be taught. Mm. We bless you. I thank you, Lord. Encourage these moms and dads who feel like failures. Lord, they're not. They're not. Enrich them. Bless them. Empower them. I call every prodigal home, every backslider to come to their senses. I pray, Lord, that they will come even tonight because of your call upon them, that they'll never leave you ever again. Let's stand to our feet. Bow your heads. There are prodigals in this room. You're experimenting with things that bring pleasure temporarily. But the Bible says there's a way which seems right to man, but it ends up in devastation, death. Some of you are beginning to taste that death, that devastation. And now you have a whole new set of circumstances in front of you. God will grace you to deal with them if you will repent. The prodigal who came home was never the same. He never looked at pigs the same. He never smelled the mud the same. He never looked at corn the same. The Bible says that they were fed with those husks. Your experience right now is jading you. It's marking you. You'll never look at life the same, and, and that's okay. Come home today. You walked away from your robe. You laid your, your ring down on your dresser. And you left your shoes. And you thought it was better somewhere else. 
thought it would be more fulfilling that the people around you are just old and square and disconnected, no fun. You've had your fun, but it led you to a place of mud. Come get your shoes on. We have a road for you. And you ring. We've got that too. Any prodigal in the house? Heads bowed, eyes closed, just raise your hand. Anybody? That's it. Thank you. Anybody else? Yeah. So today's your day. Come home. Repent. Just turn from it. Tell him you're sorry. Tell him you're coming home. God, would you do that right now? Would you touch them? as they come to you, Lord. If you're unsaved today, today's your day to be born again. How many can say, Todd, I'm not born again. I don't know this Jesus you're talking about. But I want to be saved today. Anybody raise your hand. I want to see it. I want to see it. Anybody in the house? Anybody in the house? Father, I release upon your church family right now John 17, thank you. Strengthen the parents in this house. Bless them. And everybody in the room said amen. Amen, amen. Okay, now here's how I'm finishing. Tonight, 275, get here. Please, you don't want to miss it. Second of all, tomorrow night prayer. Wednesday night, I'm finishing this. I'm going to give you about eight things to pray for a child, even on top of what I've given you, some things that's going to help you. And then I'm going to pray. We're going to pray for every parent in the room on Wednesday night, okay? And we're going to have our altar team ready to go to pray with you. We're going to pray with you. I'm going to lay hands on folks, parents, because listen, some of you are fighting. You're fighting. You're going to get oxygen on Wednesday night, okay? I love you. Enjoy your incredible Mother's Day. And uh, spend time with your mom and let her know how much you love her. All right? You guys are incredible. I'll see you. I'll see you tonight. Bless you.